Welcome to the Natural Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Christine Backus. Today's the, well, today is the first of April, April Fool's Day, but this isn't April Fool's. And this is the 13th episode in this season of the podcast. And today I'm going to talk about karma. Uh, It's an interesting topic. I have a lot to say on it. I'm going to try to be succinct, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, First, I want to say thank you so much to those of you listening to the podcast, those of you sharing the podcast, and of course, those of you supporting me and the podcast. It's what what's what helps me keep it going and what will help me to um, upgrade some of the technical aspects, maybe get some transcripts made uh, and edited, things like that, things that are on my wish list, Uh, as well as, of course, help me pay my rent and groceries and all those good things that uh, come with human life on earth, Uh, at least in this time, human life on earth. Um, that's another topic that we may go into at some point, that whole uh, thing about money and how it's now, um, how it's used now. But back to where we are today. So uh, this is the morning after the Aries new moon, uh, the new moon in Aries 2022 last night. And um, so it's a new beginning. It's a time of new beginning. And I don't know about you, but I really felt the energy shift from yesterday's balsamic moon to today's new moon phase. But there's a a particular, there's a lot to say about the new moon. And I could point you to um, Emily Trinkus and others that have done wonderful presentations and recordings on it. But one of the specific things that leads me to want to talk about karma today is that there's a little lineup in Aquarius Venus, Saturn, and Mars together, pretty close together, and they're all squaring the lunar nodes, which are in Taurus and Scorpio. And we're going to do a lot more talking here about what the lunar nodes are. Um, I will be offering a class on the lunar nodes um, and karma and um, sort of fate and destiny kinds of things. Um, But for our purposes today, the lunar nodes are the axis of the eclipses. And they, in astrology, they represent um, kind of the karmic axis, the, if you, if you will, the soul's evolutionary direction, but also um, maybe more concretely, the axis of um, energies that we're here to integrate. And right now the nodes are in Taurus and Scorpio, Scorpio, as I said, North node in Taurus, South node in Scorpio. So we all have something to integrate there. Uh, And then of course, each of us has a nodal placement in our charts and it's generational. The nodes move slowly. So they're in one sign for about a year and a half. So what does this mean? All this, um, what does this mean that Saturn, Mars, Venus are squaring the nodes. Well, Saturn is the planet of karma. And as we talk about what the definition is of karma, you'll understand that even more. But Saturn has to do with commitment. And it it, actually, in this context, it really has to do with the consequence. It's the Saturn is kind of the, the chickens coming home to roost, if you will, the reality check. So whatever we've done or thought or intended 
Saturn shows us the consequences of that. And that's the basic definition of karma. So with Saturn, Mars and Venus squaring the nodes, we're kind of at a karmic crossroads. We're at a choice point in how we are going to um, see the world and act in the world. And again, this is a much longer topic, but in brief, you've got Venus, the ruler of Taurus, the North Node, and Mars, the ruler of Scorpio. And it's, it's almost as if we have um, a choice point. One of the ways I like to summarize this particular choice point is love or fear. There's a lot of fear um, potential in Scorpio. It's what's underneath. It's an emotion. It's much of a, it's a feeling sign. Taurus is an earth sign. It has to do with the earth. So we're also making some choices about um, acting from not just love and fear, but also acting from love of the earth and connection with the earth, connection with the body. That's a Taurus thing. Um, versus kind of like getting, letting our feelings run away with us or getting stuck in the fear matrix. Um, yeah, that sort of thing. Now it could be a Scorpio. Any rate, there's a lot more to say about that. But in terms of the timing of this episode, that's what made me think about this whole subject of karma, because karma may be one of the most misunderstood and misused and, and even abused concepts to come to us from Eastern thought. Uh, if you've studied yoga, the yoga tradition, if you've studied um, Buddha, maybe Buddhism, if you've studied some of these other um, tr traditions, some of these wisdom traditions, then you might have a little bit deeper understanding. But in our culture, karma is just, the word is thrown around. And uh, again, in my view, very much misused. So I wanted to talk about what the heck is it? What is karma? Well, as I was saying, as I talked about Saturn, uh, karma is really simply um, the consequence of an action. So its definition, its translation is action, and its translation is also um, sort of consequence, if you will. There's, it's not the best word um, to use for that, but it, it's really just the force of the universe where what goes up must come down. What, um, if you push against an object, it's going to move. If you um, light a match with all the right conditions, it's going to burn. It's just simple action and consequence. That's what karma is at its heart. Now, it gets used obviously in a completely different way. Like in our in our culture, in this Western culture, it's very hard for us to hear the word consequence without thinking punishment and blame, because blame and punishment are so woven into how we think and how we feel. Uh, and uh, I mean, you can watch that, you can watch how you react to things and see how wrapped up you are in it. Like if, if, uh, if something goes missing in the house, and you live with other people, do you have an immediate tendency to go think that they took it or they moved it or something like that happened? I don't have that right because I live alone. So if something goes missing, it's my doing. 
And so um, it's, but, you know, then we can also point the finger at ourselves. What did I do? Did I do something stupid? Did I move something without thinking about it? And again, that concept of blame and punishment is so woven into how we think that that's, it's hard for us to think about karma as simple action and consequences. What you sow is what you reap. So if you plant, and maybe if we go a little further with that analogy, we can get a little further away from the blame and punishment. If you sow the seeds of spinach, you're going to get spinach, right? If you sow the seeds of strawberries, you're going to get strawberries coming up in the garden. And if you can think about karma as the seeds that you sow, it's a little bit easier to depersonalize and take that sense of blame out of it. So there's, there's kind of what is karma, um, action and consequence, very simple seed, um, the seed, and then what grows from the seed. And there's a whole lot to say about where karma comes from, but the basic place that karma comes from is your um, even unconscious beliefs and the what's underneath, what's driving you from underneath. There's a whole, and I'm just going to pause for a moment and say that the, the best exposition I know of karma, what it is, how to work with it, comes out of the Bhagavad Gita and specifically the introduction by Eknath Eswaran and his translation. I'm just holding it up. I'll put the reference in the episode description. Uh, he goes through um, a very concise sort of description and education of some of these concepts that we hear a lot in Western culture, but most of us haven't studied. Um, so in terms of how karma is created, it comes from our intentions and then our thoughts, which become actions, which lead essentially to um, our life destiny, right? We, we do create our reality in so many ways by just by how we line up, at least as adults, right? We have this intention. And then as in a larger context, we carry in kind of our intentions and deeds and actions from um, whether you think of it as past lives or you think about it as um, like your ancestors, we carry all levels of karma. So there are different layers, right? There's the personal karma, there's what we create ourselves, the actions that we personally take and those consequences. There's collective karma, um, the karma of how we think as a culture and the consequences of that, um, which we're seeing pretty clearly in some ways in the US right now as we go through our Pluto return. Um, there's the karma of our heritage, you know, our inherited karma, if you will, um, uh, what's come through over the, through our ancestors. And we can point to that in many ways as well. So there are different layers. And then for our purposes today, we're just going to be talking about what we can well, and we can work with all of the, all of these layers, right? Everything, every action that we take and every change that we make in our own belief system on our own thought and how we approach the world, how we co-create with the world, how we cooperate with the world has its ripple effects out through everything and everyone. 
Um, but okay, so back to what I was trying to say, in terms of how karma is created, it's that, um, that belief system and the definition. So let me read you what, um, what Eknath Eshmaran says in his book about karma, what it's about, where it comes from. And there's a word that he uses and it's shraddha. Uh, and the, this word shraddha essentially means what we put our faith in. The literal translation is that which is placed in the heart. Um, and what he says is all the beliefs we hold so deeply that we don't even think to question them. So it's like the, the water that we swim in, the assumptions underlying. And of course, that's, it's the conditioning in a lot of ways. Um, and that, that's where karma comes from is our conditioning. And so uh, one of the things that we do, whether it's primarily in spiritual practice, but any kind of like self-study is we're trying to release these layers of conditioning. And that's a lot of what we're doing when we work with our karma as we're trying to see what assumptions and prejudices and um, beliefs beliefs in the deepest sense of the word are we holding and that we then generate our actions from. And so, uh, so a quote that he uses from the Bhagavad Gita is a person is what his or her shraddha is. Um, and then he also quotes from the Bible as a, as a man, as a person thinketh in their heart. So are they, so is he, so is he or she. Um, so when we get back to the subject of karma, this is my favorite, all-time favorite definition. This is how I um, use karma in my life, think about karma in my life. Karma is an educational force. The purpose of karma is to educate us. And his words directly are the purpose of karma is to teach the consequences of shraddha. Right, of our belief system, of what we put our faith in. And he goes on to say, so that by trial and error, life after life, the individual soul acquires the kind of faith that leads to fulfillment of life's supreme goal, which is essentially becoming one's self with a capital S. Um, so, and yeah, so, and, an, and another way of putting this into words is that karma is this educational force that teaches us, shows us when we're acting in harmony with life itself and with our souls, our own souls. Um, so that's, that's why I wanted to talk about karma is so that we can get a sense of um, how how can we, how can we literally change the world? How can we change our world? How we can change, how can we change the world around us? And I want to bring it back for a moment to why I'm talking about this on the Natural Wisdom Podcast. And this gives me, um, to me, this is a great uh, context for the example of what we're doing with this podcast. The whole point here is to help us essentially release the karma, right? Clear some of the, uh, the beliefs and the conditioning that we have around our relationship with nature so that we can live again 
harmoniously with this beautiful planet that we're on and this beautiful cosmos that we're part of. So let's take that as an example. Um, so as an example, our um, sort of cultural belief, and we can go back a ways to figure out where this came from, but our cultural belief is that we are separate from nature. And you could see examples of this all over, right? But there's this idea that we as humans are the ones that ascribe meaning to the world. You know, our it's our own mind that creates purpose and creates meaning in the world and that the world around us has no meaning or purpose other than what we give it. That is a condition, a conditioning, a belief that most of us unknowingly have acted from most of our lives because that's what we've been surrounded with. And we're not even necessarily literally taught that, but certainly we're um, indirectly taught it if we're not directly taught that. Um, and of course, in my view, and what I've come to, to see is that's simply not true. And there was a time when people understood that they were part of a whole and that everything was alive, everything around us is intelligent, everything has meaning and purpose, and we're, we, we are part of a cosmic whole. And so what we see is that this separation has put us at war with our bodies, at war with nature, and at war with each other, because we believe at some level, at some karmic level, that we're separate. And again, this is um, thinking about just this uh, astrological lineup today. And it, this isn't the only time in history or even in our lives when we'll get this. But right now we're at a time when we can, our choices um, can be even more powerful in terms of releasing that karma that keeps us thinking we're separate. and. Let me go a little bit deeper with an, uh, with an example. Um, trying to pick, think of what I want to choose. Well, let's, let's pick a couple. So if we think we're separate from the natural world around us uh, and that we're the ones that are wise and intelligent, and smart and know, um, you know, have understanding of the world and that a tree is just a tree and it doesn't have actual intelligence, we're liable, we're going to treat that tree very differently, right? Um, and that's what we have, for the most part, in our culture, is that we see trees as things with no soul, no intelligence, no um, beingness, if you will, of their own. And so we feel, we don't think about how we're going to treat those trees. And maybe we're doing things for what we think are the right reasons if we're trimming them back or cutting them down or, um, you know, fertilizing whatever we might do with a tree. But not many of us, more and more, I think, but not many of us, and maybe many of you, because you're listening to this podcast, think to talk to the tree, right? Or sit with the tree and just like feel it as a companion or ask it what it wants, um, ask it, you know, what it needs. So, and I know that that's, um, 
it may take some time, right, to actually get an answer or to, and you may get answers in different ways. Different people get answers from um, other beings in different ways. Different people communicate in different ways. Some of us just feel it. Some people hear things, some people see things. Um, there's lots of, and some people do different things at different times. Um, but it's the actual mindset that the tree can communicate with you that makes it possible to communicate with the tree, right? If you don't believe that you can communicate with the tree, if you don't believe that the tree has a t intelligence or um, something to say or desires or um, like intentions of its own as a tree, then you're not going to ask. So that's one example Maybe it's an odd one, but it, that's an example of karma, right? The karma that you create in your relationship with that tree comes from your belief about what that tree really is and, and how, how your relationship is with that tree. And okay, so another example, astrology and the way that we are working with astrology is another example. So from a karmic point of view, if we think that um, the universe is, again, a dead mechanical universe, we just have this, we just are happen to have this, this sun that creates all this energy and, um, you know, feeds life on earth through these very mechanical means. And we just look at it all as this mechanical thing. Um, this sort of like set of moving parts, then the idea of astrology gets ridiculous, right? Why would you study the movements of the planets and then um, think that there's any kind of interaction with human life if you can't prove that there's some sort of radiating force, for instance, that affects you on a very physical sense? There's no reason to do astrology if that's the belief system you hold. And of course, most of us that do astrology, love astrology, practice astrology, have had at least one conversation with people, with someone who has held that belief, right? That there's no reason um, and that this is just a bunch of, um, I don't know. I don't know what they think it is, but so that's the karma that's created. And that's the relationship they set up with the cosmos. And that's why um, we send the probes and things to Mars and the moon and say, oh, there's no life there. And gee, I wonder if we can colonize it, right? There's their, that colony, colonial colonizing um, imperialistic kind of attitude coming to the fore. How can we use those planets and those um, objects for our personal gain? Or, uh, yeah, so that's that's the karma that we're creating right now with our space explorations and space travels as a culture. So if we switch, right, if we clear that conditioning and clear that karma that says we're separate, we're smarter, we're intelligent, everything else is dead and mechanistic, if we clear that, then we get the understanding that indigenous cultures had and still have, um, and that many people are um, working with now that we are um, 
holographic expressions as, as each person, as a collective, etc. I am, you are, we are holographic expressions of the cosmos. And the moment you were born, the moment you took your first breath, you embodied the energy of the planets and cosmos in its positions and in its um, alignment at that moment. And so that's why we study astrology is we study astrology to under, understand ourselves on the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual levels as a reflection of the cosmos at a point in time. Um, we do it to uh, understand what are the forces, the energetic forces, the cosmic forces at work at a given point in time, and what, how do we cooperate, right? And this, yeah, this is another topic that I um, come back to over and over and over again. And I think this is part of this whole conversation about karma is karma teaches us whether or not we are truly cooperating with the forces of life or whether we're resisting or trying to control them. And so that's, you know, astrology gives us that language to understand uh, what's going on and how to cooperate. But we also know that intuitively. It's just that it helps to have the language um, and it, because partly, because then we can talk to other people about it, or we can learn about it, et cetera. Uh, so the third example I want to use, and this is one that, again, comes up over and over and is one of the primary purposes of this, this podcast, is our relationship with our bodies. And again, the karma that we're living under collectively, and many of us have been living under individually, and what and, and we can see the consequences, we can see the karmic consequences of this, um, this conditioning is that the body is, uh, well, there's a couple things. One is we see in the spiritual world, we see the body as a container. And Sarah McCroskey and I talked about that in last week's podcast, uh, if you listen to that, um, that we see the body as a container or a skin or a um, like some kind of a limiting cage for the soul. And that karma, that condition, that belief, um, I shouldn't say that karma, that condition, that belief creates some really horrible karma in the spiritual community in terms of how people relate to their bodies. And I would say that on a very fundamental, like a very clear reality level, digestive issues, health issues, um, aches and pains, a lot of things can come from that. Which is not saying that people are, um, people have control over all of those things all the time. There's a lot of other things that can lead to illness and digestive issues, right? But that is one place where we might experiment with um, checking in and seeing what's our relationship with our body. So that's the one piece of it, one of the conditioning pieces of um, that create the karma with our bodies. But another one, um, 
is just look at our medical system and uh, how we relate, how we relate to our bodies culturally. We don't feel united with them. We don't feel integrated with them. Our bodies are something to shape and fix and improve um, almost like, well, a lot of ways we treat them like vehicles, like cars. And so if something breaks, we go to a mechanic to get it fixed. If something's not working right, we go to a, uh, a mechanistic system to say what's wrong. But when we understand that we, we literally are our bodies in, as we are humans, right? We're not our, that's not all we are. And when we're not human, we're not incarnated as humans, of course, we're not the body. And I know that there's a lot of spiritual traditions and I've been part of them where there's a lot of work on, I'm not the body, right? That's one of the things you talk about or you, you think through and work through if you're um, meditating, for instance, I'm not the body. But as a human being on planet earth, we are our bodies. And it, we can think of our bodies as the expression of our soul. And the other thing that we are, again, this is, um, this is some of the conditioning that we need to get rid of. One, the other thing that we are as human beings on the earth is we are part of the earth. We are earth creatures. Even if you're somebody who um, has a special affinity for um, a particular planet or a particular constellation, if you're, if you relate and um, uh, have that sense of being from the Pleiades, for instance, you're, you have that Pleiadian, maybe you have a Pleiadian lineage. If you don't know what I'm talking about, don't worry. But if that, that if you do, then maybe you have that sense that you um, are here, but you really are from somewhere else. All of that may be true as well. And if you're here on earth, you are of the earth, right? We are earth children. Our bodies are made of the earth and we're part of the earth's ecosystem. We're integral parts of the earth's ecosystem. Um, I have a lot more to say about this particular subject too. Um, I guess in short, I want to, let me just say that this karmic conditioning that we have that keeps us separate from our bodies, keeps us often trying to escape our bodies, um, keeps us often trying to escape this heavier, denser physical existence on, on earth, especially if we're super sensitive. We've done a lot of spiritual practice. We're really in touch with that um, aspect. Uh, this kind of, this belief and conditioning and sense of being separate from our bodies takes us away from our own mother, our own literal earth mother, and the earth misses us. Somebody once said that to me and it just hit home. The earth really literally misses us when we can't connect with our bodies because when we don't really connect, honor, respect, um, worship even our bodies, then we can't um, really connect and honor and worship the earth itself, herself. And yeah, there are many ways that we can connect with our bodies. Some of it is just noticing, right? That's at a lot, I didn't do it this time, but a lot of times that's what I do at the beginning of these podcasts is just have a sit and feel our physical sensations 
and our connection maybe between seat and chair, feet and floor, and get that sense of really feeling what's going on in the body. Um, and then feeling maybe the, the body as this conduit for, for our connection with the earth itself, because the body comes from the earth, right? And in fact, um, as I mentioned again in the last podcast, in uh, there's a uh, there's a construct in yoga that looks at our body as a set of or ourselves, I should say, as a set of sheaths or layers, and the physical body, the the gross what you can touch tangible body is called the food body. Um, it's, it's the it's the, it's made of food, right? Which comes from the earth. So that again, there's that literal connection with the earth as well as the energetic and um, symbolic connection with the earth that is our bodies. So um, I think I'm gonna end there with just kind of that reminder that when we think about karma, um, what is it? What does it come from and how can we work with our karma, release some of that conditioning that keeps us feeling separate from our bodies, from nature, from the cosmos, uh, and even just questioning, right? Looking at watching what you do, watching what you think, watching how you react, um, how you, what your relationship is with the things around you with your physical existence, with um, how you think about the earth. Those are ways to start working with uncovering and therefore releasing that karma, right? With karma, it's the way we work with karma is by seeing, becoming aware. The, the way that we, um, the way that we, uncreate karma and prevent ourselves from overlaying and creating more karma is this sort of seeing the truth of who we are, becoming more and more aligned with our true self, and then acting from there, believing, thinking, um, speaking, acting from what's really our truth, our true self, uh, our higher self, if you will, our souls, because once we're fully aligned, if we ever can get there, if we're fully aligned with that soul truth, then that's when we don't create karma. That's, uh, it's called effortless effort or effortless action. As a human being, we take action because that's what we are, right? We are, we it's, it's impossible not to act as a human being. So there's always the potential of creating karma. And the only way not to do so, uh, not to kind of create more karma, more conditioning is to act from actual truth, from the highest self, from the actual soul, and from this uh, true understanding of what's going on. What is the world? What, who are we? What are we? and um, the fact that we're part of the whole. And so it's that, um, that alignment that, yeah, it's just being in alignment with nature, ourselves, life itself. 
So I'm sure I'll be talking more about this in the future. Hopefully this uh, gave you a little bit of a sense of karma. So when we start talking more about the lunar nodes and we start talking about karma um, and, and how to work with it through uh, in other episodes um, and in that class that I'm putting together, this will give you some of a background. I'd love to hear from people if this is something new or not new. Um, so feel free to get in touch, send me a note. And again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here. And thank you to my patrons and supporters. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's an honor. <laughs>